Happy New Year listeners and welcome back or if you're new here, welcome to our first episode of 2021. Today I'm super excited to introduce the Vice President of Enterprise Networks and Cloud, Prashant Shinoy, as well as the Director of Technical Systems Engineering, Chris Groves. So how are you guys doing today? How are you guys feeling? I'm doing good. Excited to be here. Thanks, Jasmine. Cool. How about you, Chris? Uh, it's a new year with new opportunities and, and hopefully a new leaf for a lot of us. I totally agree with you there. I think 2021 is a good year for people to break through and start what they wanted to um, when they lost last year of 2020. So I think on that note, I think we can agree on one thing here. A lot of unexpected events took place last year as well as this month. So today we'll be talking about a few new trends that we expect to see emerge over the course of 2021 and beyond. So before we get into the chunk of the trends and all the good content that we have here for you today, Prashant and Chris, can you share with our listeners how this unexpected time, or better known as the pandemic, affected your daily lifestyle? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's been very interesting, I think, for all of us. Personally, for me, on personal front, uh, I've got to spend a lot more time with my family and my, and my kids and see them grow up. So I, I take that as a positive as, as part of this pandemic, if you will. Uh, and it has made us rethink in terms of how close to work do we need to be at. So in fact, we just sold our home and we are moving further away from where I had to work every single day. So that's on the personal front. Uh, on, on the professional front, I worked at Cisco for 20 years and I can count on one hand the number of times I worked from home before the pandemic, literally maybe four or five times. Uh, but now I'm not going to be coming to office every single day. So it's going to be the hybrid work model. So on the work front, it's changed that. And frankly, I've gotten to know a lot of my globally distributed team members a lot better since we now have all these fun events that we do together uh, where we enjoy each other's company and get to know their friends and family too, which didn't used to happen that often. So those are some of the quick changes here. I really, I really like what you said about the family. I think one of the things that was interesting for us is a couple of years ago when my daughter went to university, you know, we rationalized that we're probably not going to see her as much anymore. And it's such a sad day. And they closed her dorms and they sent her back home. And so we got another year or two out of that. So as a parent, that's that's been pretty, pretty awesome. Um, it is a little disruptive because, of course, everyone in my house is trying to do their schoolwork and work from home remotely. And it is fun seeing your family have the same challenges uh, with what they have to do that what we do at work, right? Connect into the to the meetings, get on the collaboration, go to classes, you know, share information, speak in real time. And it, it's interesting to see the challenges that uh, that they're going through, which echo what, you know, what our jobs were in our hybrid work model, right, as you said it, for years, right? Of course, the pandemic made it everyone's problem. So that, that's been an exciting thing, an interesting thing for me. And I, I agree with taking the positive on the more time with the family. Still working more, but it is good to have the family at home. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there, Chris. I think this year has taught me, I mean, this past year has taught me a lot about working and creating that balance between working and being on my own and like having a good time outside of work. But I think as this year passes in 2021, um, we'll just get better at it as professionals and as individuals. But that being said, let's get into the chunk of what we want to talk about today. And, you know, I'll start with our top three networking capabilities to help organizations be more resilient today are our secure remote access, network automation, and network analytics. So what is the biggest learning that we can take away from Cisco IT as it relates to networking considerations for our workforce, workplace, and operations? 
I think the pandemic, you know, one of the things that we really struggled with initially, and we, we got through it and we were, we were happy to do so, was the speed at which we had to change how we worked. We always had that, that hybrid work from home model uh, where we had that secure remote access capability, but it wasn't to that scale. And we didn't actually solve every business case that was out in our environment. And when we had to quickly pivot to send everyone home, that really absolutely stretched our capacity for secure network access. We had to extend it to, to business groups and to users that didn't have it before. And then we had to do that quickly. And it really forced our hand in automation. I think we all talked automation previously, but automation was kind of like a thing you did to maybe save some money. Uh, this year, 2020, was a year that automation was something we had to do to survive uh, those first couple months. And we had to do things quickly. So I think what it really did is it all those things we kept saying, we need automation to go faster. We need automation to deliver deliver capabilities you know, widely. And we need to be able to react with more agility. And we've got to act with more urgency. Those were all things that maybe in previous years were goals that executives had or leaders had for their people. This year, there was no question. We had to. The, you know, the boat's taken on water. Everybody grab a bucket and uh, automate the bucket so you get the water out faster, right? Because we, we had to bail water and we had to get things moving quickly. And I, and I think it was... It was a it was a challenge for us, and uh, but I, I think we prevailed. And then on the network analytics, you know, we're working differently, rapidly, and the only way to really assess how things are going on is to have good visibility into that. And when I say visibility, we're all remote, so remote visibility. No one's walking into a room to see if a light is red on a switch or a router. No one, you know, we're not consuming applications in the same way. We're, you know, we've got minimal staff in the data center, so we really need better analytics and telemetry to figure out what's going on. So absolutely, those those three things, if we hadn't been well positioned uh, in February and March when we started on this road, I think we would have been in a, in a miserable spot. But we were fairly well positioned. And, and I think from, from Cisco IT's perspective, I'm really proud of the way my team and the other IT teams rallied to deliver those quickly, latch onto those and, and, really, uh, and really get us all working from home in a matter of a couple of weeks. And I think we can attest to that as, as employees of Cisco, Chris, you guys have done a tremendous job in terms of making the secure remote working, people like me, Jasmine, et cetera, as seamless as possible. And you guys had to scale your capacity, right? From, from VPN to providing that visibility to providing the right policy and security. So there's a whole lot of heavy lifting that you had to do, something that you had planned, but drastically accelerated. <laughs> and and like that in, in yeah. 48 hours and a couple of weeks. So. I'm thinking, though, I should talk to your realtor because, you know, it also enables you to, to sell your house and move. So maybe the realtor owes me a commission. <laughs> <laughs> I'll connect you to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that brings up a good segue, Prashantha. I'm glad you, you brought that up and you as well, Chris. So for me, I loved going into the office every day, like being able to socialize and absorb everybody's energy around me, staying productive, making sure I'm doing my job right, not just like talking all day. But now I've transitioned to being a full work from home person. And so I've encountered issues, a lot of issues with VPN connectivity and also internet issues. So I think one of the biggest impacts we see is within an organization's workforce. So Prashant, I'll come to you. What do you see are the challenges in enabling and securing a remote workforce? And what solutions are out there to help businesses do just that? Yeah, I think it's a good point. There are two ways that we, are, we were looking at it, right? So one of the things that Chris was articulating is how do we make sure that a lot of our organizations are now looking at providing the same kind of experience that 
people like me and uh, Chris are used to having an office now getting translated into our home office. Uh, in a way, for IT, every single one of our home office is like a micro branch, if you will, right? So how do I extend that policy? How do I scale that VPN access? And how do I provide that right application experience no matter where you're working from, from your home, becomes extremely crucial. And, and a lot of our customers, I think, weren't quite prepared to do this at a scale that is needed of them, right? In fact, when we did a survey with Tech Validate and talked to around 300 global IT professionals last year and asked them, uh, as you are thinking about enabling remote workforce, what are the biggest challenges you're facing? Number one by far was security. It's now lesser visibility, more distributed users, more distributed application. How do I secure everything from the home office to the applications to the workload is a big, big concern and a challenge. Two is the end user behavior. Like people and like me and you, now we pretty much are using our corporate own devices or our personal devices to log on to corporate resources. And we are doing recreational applications also, right? Like Netflix or YouTube. So, and, and we may be logging on to some websites that are not safe or secure. So how do I control the end user behavior? It's a lot more easier to do that in a campus controlled area versus in your own home. So that's the second key challenge. And the third key thing is around application performance, right? So how do I make sure now that pretty much everything is a SaaS application and you're dependent on your internet provider as we're just seeing right now, right? Like can we provide 50 meg, 100 meg, 600 meg and every user's home office is different. So how do I provide a consistent application experience that I was able to provide in our campus now in individual people's home office? So those are kind of the three big uh, challenges. Um, so, so Chris, uh, I'm sure as at Cisco IT, you folks were going through the same things, right? Yeah, and as you mentioned, everyone's home office is now their office, and it's also a shared workspace with people that are not in your office, mm -hmm. right? So, if you have the corporate network extended to your house, maybe you've got other devices on there. Those are now part of the you know what's the security term, the threat landscape, right? Those are now things you have to be aware of and protect as well. You don't have walls and badge readers and cameras that you can rely on as one of your defense and depth layers. Yeah, and you want the performance to be good. So whether or not you know, you've got uh, one person in your household on the Xbox and somebody else streaming something on Netflix and you want to do a, a video call, you want that performance to be good. And when there's an issue, you want to be able to figure out, figure out why. So absolutely, those are, those are key things you have to look forward to when you look at changing around the workplace. And I, I think from a Cisco perspective, uh, Jasmine, obviously we have very specific solutions which have made it easy to buy, easy to consume, and easy to deploy, right? Like number one is security. For us, security comes two ways. One is to make sure it's an identity-based security. So we have dual everywhere right now, right? And with, with multi-factor authentication. So you need to trust, always verify, never trust anybody and anything that gets onto a network. So that's one that a lot of our organizations are looking towards and making sure it works. Second is our Cisco umbrella from a security standpoint so that no matter which websites you go, what uh, access, what corporate resource or non-corporate resource you're accessing to get your work done, is it safe and secure to do, to do so and at scale? So Cisco Umbrella is a key part of our strategy there. And then to make sure you can scale your VPN access 
access and make that application experience really consistent, we have the solution, the telecommuter solution, the Cisco virtual office solution, either the Meraki MX or Z3s or the Cisco ISR 1100s that provides that scalable VPN connectivity and that consistent application experience, right? So those are some of the solutions that we have. And depending on the kind of worker that you are, are you an essential worker? Are you a knowledge worker? Are you an exec? Uh, we have different types of solution, which is bundled and made it easier as an offering for our customers. And that brings me to our second trend, which is the workplace. We kind of have to rethink how these shared spaces are being utilized. So as more and more people and organizations are transitioning to going back into the office and they're putting more people into the workplace, how at Cisco are we facilitating a safe return for these people? Yeah. So, you know, the offices are still there and there's still people trickling in and out, but you're absolutely right. Some of them, especially in Asia Pack, are open back up, you know, at 50% capacity or some are even full capacity. But we've used the downtime with the teams that support those offices to do things just like you described. Get the get the sites and devices enrolled in DNA Center, deploy them, you know, with accurate maps to DNA spaces. So our workplace resources team who does the cleaning can get metrics on density and, and average length of stay and can check on, on who's where so that they can go back and do focus cleaning if we need to. That's, that's actually something that I think more and more people are starting to think might be the reality going forward. Once we get past this, and I know this sounds like such a downer, once we get past this and we have the vaccine, COVID-19 might be, might be behind us, but there might be a COVID-20. There might be another SARS, right? And I think a lot of people are thinking fundamentally about how the workplace is different. So we are absolutely putting in things such as DNA spaces so that we can do that tracking and do that density planning to make sure that the offices are a safe place to work. We're also seeing a lot of interest inside of Cisco IT for the collaboration devices that are not touchscreen. You know, the touchscreens are good, but the ones that also support voice, that's really a popular thing right now inside of Cisco IT. When you do have to go into a conference room, you know, how does that work? Can we use the ones that you know we could turn on the WebEx with our voice? So that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, and in addition, we're also really focusing on wireless. I think uh, more and more you're going to have people flexing in. They may not have dedicated workspaces. The less things that they touch, the easier it is to clean. And so plugging in or docking in, you know, those are the kind of things that are that are going to be the things that people are going to be sensitive to for the next couple of years, right? Um, we have to keep those surfaces clean, and we want to make sure everyone is is safe and secure when we do come back into the office. And then, you know, finally, we are expecting to see more and more people do that in and out, you know, hybrid flexing into the office and not. And so we need to look at our security portfolio. So not just posture and things like that with Duo and Umbrella, but also to make sure that we've got, you know, good reporting and tools on the back end, like StealthWatch, just so we can see what kind of traffic is on the environment. Because the way we treat a machine when we're at home is probably different than the way we treat a machine that's in the office all day. We maybe did watch Netflix on our machine or stream some YouTube. Uh, that we wouldn't have normally, but we're all working from home now. So it is a slightly different world. We have to take that use case into account. And we're using the downtime where people are not in the offices to really do a bunch of change in our environment to enable that. So I think we've got something like 20 or 25% or something like that of our branch offices that were in DNA spaces already so that we can start tracking you know, density and, and, and population location and movement to help our workforce resources team really be able to clean and, and ease that transition back into the office. Curious what your thoughts are, Prashant, since you've already said you're going to be hybrid. Uh, are you going to be using the office differently? And do those things sound like they'd be uh, be beneficial to you? 
I was thinking, Chris, as you were talking about, I had a nice, beautiful office, a corner office in, in Building 8 <laughs> that I used to work with. I'm not going to have that anymore is, is <laughs> number one, right? <laughs> but me aside, I think as we talk to a lot of our customers, the things that you mentioned, Chris, are the topical conversations coming where, for me, the essence is networking is going to be a lot more critical, but it's going to be used very differently beyond just connectivity and Wi-Fi, right? So for me, the network technology is going to be used more as an intelligent sensor for your buildings and for your organizations. How can I leverage things coming out of Wi-Fi to understand my office space utilization, uh, my employee behavior, so I can provide them the right information, but I also can provide them a safe working environment. It's one of the key things that I'm hearing more and more. How can the network, now that everything is connected to the network, HVACs, lighting, cameras, physical security, et cetera, how can I use that for a smart building kind of an environment, right, where People are looking at building energy efficient buildings, smart buildings. How can I use networking infrastructure to monitor and regulate and save energy a lot better? And we've seen like 20 to 30% reduction uh, when things are connected to the network and can operate a lot more efficiently. Uh, and working with the facilities manager, the building uh, administrators and the IT working together to drive this office and the campus of the future, uh, and how networking technology can be used are some of the use cases that I hear now from our customers beyond like provide me secure, awesome connectivity to whatever it is that I want to do. So that's pretty interesting in terms of how pandemic has changed the way we are redesigning and rethinking the workplace and the relevance and the strategic importance of networking. One of the interesting things I saw recently from a couple of our sales offices, since they do have light density in them right now, we can do some things as a part of a retrofit that would ordinarily be fairly disruptive or expensive. And uh, we're actually seeing internally an, an uptick in the interest from our, our workforce resources team that does our real estate operations in connected lighting as well. Because when you have to, when you're trying to manage that in a building that has people in it and you want to minimize the amount of time they're not in the building, you know, you try to do it all on a weekend, it can be sort of difficult. Now they can maybe do it over a couple of weeks and, you know, really relay different kinds of cables. And so we're actually seeing, you know, a number of uh, a number of our sales offices as they're getting retrofitted, coming up with connected lighting because it's a much easier thing to transition to now. And yeah. again, the long-term payoff will be a smaller power bill, hopefully. It's true. And it's crazy because I feel like technology has become such a big part of our lives. And I feel like it's just recently that we've been able to utilize it at such a high level or such a integrated manner. So that's that's also interesting. And I'm excited to see how hotels or hospitals or, you know, other companies outside of those industries utilize these technologies to help better keep their people safe or their customers safe. But I guess I'll move into the next trend that we want to talk about, and that's around network automation. So Chris, I'll ask you here, or Prashant, whoever, how does network automation help you personally or with organizations in general? Like, what are our biggest use cases when it comes to that? So for us, we really have to move to a model when we're supporting a remote network where we can trust the information, we can uh, deterministically, you know, build the configuration, and we need to do it in a way so that someone can support it from anywhere. And to do that, you know, you really have to have good practices and discipline and then be able to trust your, your, your backend information. And if you don't do that, 
you know, I think one of the phrases my team likes to use is to err is human and to err catastrophically at scale is bad automation, right? And being that everyone's working from home, when we need to move thousands of people from one security policy to another, or we need to make a, a large update on something, you know, there is no safety net of, you know, send someone in to, to you know, reboot the device or something like that. That's not something that's easily done. We're doing it all with automation. So we have to, we have to be able to trust it. And we've got to be able to react quickly and, and move with scale. Because what we're seeing as part of the, the pandemic here, you know, as part of COVID-19, is that there are times when there are things that are happening in a country or a region, and we have to respond to them incredibly quickly. Some regions are, are changing their maybe privacy laws or their telecommunications restrictions. We may get a little bit of a heads up, but you know, we don't want to be we don't want to be in a position where we're violating those. So we really absolutely need automation to be able to do things quickly and to do them at scale. And when we do that, what we also hope to do is gain some efficiencies, right? So that we can take some of those uh, more menial or or more time consuming, not very interesting tasks and get them off the hands of the of the, the engineers, you know, on a routine basis and really get them working on the next generation of things, get them working on the DNA spaces and the new capabilities because we need them very quickly. So more than ever, we've got to free them up to to work on the new things and get the you know maintenance off the table from them. And so that's really what we're looking at for for automation, right? Simplify speed. And and like I said at the beginning, it's not about a pie in the sky goal that we just want to optimize some things. This is a necessity for us now. If we couldn't do this and we couldn't think about things in sort of a of a DevOps way or an SRE way and really make automation how we do our job, where automation isn't the job, it's how we need to do our job and we need to think about it that way, uh, then we, we're going to just fall behind and we're going to fail to deliver. And that's not an option right now. So I think that's that's for us. Automation is not a thing that is something we talk about. Automation is just now the default answer for how we have to do our job. And that's a cultural shift that we have to take inside of IT. That's a great point, Chris. I feel this automation, we used to have this walk, run, fly journey for our customers. Now I think most of our customers are going to the run and fly immediately because of the way uh, automation is now becoming very critical to the way you do network operations, period, right? And it's important for us as I'm talking to our customers to show the value of automation in simple steps, right? I'm sure when you have to do software updates across hundreds of switches and routers and access points, it's it's a pain for, for you folks to do that. So using a management platform to automate iOS upgrades in a very rolling manner without the downtime, it's a very simple thing that bears a lot of uh, benefits and, and can be done at scale and in a very agile manner for, for the IT. So a lot of folks are now looking at how do I do my rolling upgrades in a very automated manner with very minimal downtime? How do I automate applying policies uh, and extending those policies uh, using identity in a very automated manner is another case that I'm seeing a lot of our customers utilize. And the last part, as you were saying, was around the visibility aspect especially now that you are literally a remote NetOps, right? Your home is a knock, <laughs> remote knock for Cisco. So how do I get that visibility to understand how everything is performing and how can I automate certain actions that I can do so I can be more proactive as an IT organization than reactive is another use case for, for automation. So it's, it'll be interesting to see how fast 
these organizations can ramp up and how much at scale they can do using all of these automation tasks and tools. What's funny is you talked about the iOS updates and the uh, the image upgrades, right? And I've had my team focusing on that. Again, we're trying to make sure that the offices don't fall behind. We're preparing for return to office. And we've really sort of doubled down on that. And in the last, since we run Agile, the last sprint demos, which we do our demos every two weeks, my lead on the on the software updates project, right, that the project team, that, that capability that he's working on, announced very proudly that at this point in time, for us to do a change to upgrade the software in a site or a region, it now takes us longer to fill out the change record and process information than it does for us to do the actual technical work on the upgrade, which I thought was a great little <laughs> yeah. data point anecdote, right? We need to make that system faster too, right? To make it so that it's not so much a burden. But the paperwork now takes longer than doing the actual iOS upgrade on, on a whole site. And that that's a fantastic little thing. We you know Once we pass that milestone, we can improve something else, right? But I thought that was a really great thing to hear in our last demo. Awesome anecdote, yeah. <laughs> so I hear all this talk about being proactive and being resilient for what's to come in the future. And, you know, we can never expect what's going to happen. Like nobody expected 2020 to be the way it is. So what's what's to come? What does the future look like when it comes to network operations or automation and things like that? Yeah, you know, and Prasanth mentioned just a second ago, you know, our homes are basically where our knock is now. And he's he's absolutely right. One of the things that was uh, was really nice for us is Cisco recently acquired uh, Thousand Eyes. And we were a longtime user of Thousand Eyes in the background. But when this happened, we started to use it even more. And it was great that the, uh, for us personally, it was great that the acquisition came uh, because we're big, big proponents of it. Because as we talked before, the workforce has moved. We're all at home. The workloads have moved. They're all up in the public cloud now. They're all SaaS applications. And that you need that kind of uh, telemetry and assurance to be able to see what's going on. When someone can't get to Salesforce or when someone can't get to a certain application or maybe their Office 365 mail isn't, isn't syncing or something like that, we need a good way and every tool at our disposal to do that. And so next up for us is really trying to take all the telemetry that we get and some of the telemetry we get out of things like Thousand Eyes uh, to build some really great dashboards for our for our NOC teams that are virtual dashboards, right? They're not on the wall anymore because in our old NOCs, we had them on the wall, right? But that are virtual dashboards that people can use to really monitor the health of the network. And then hopefully set us down that path of using you know, even more auto automation and you know maybe even one day dreaming about AI ops so we can make changes on the fly automatically to adjust for, for issues and problems. We've seen a couple scenarios where that might be possible, um, but we're still dangling our, our toes in the water. But yeah, absolutely. Things like Thousand Eyes is something we're watching quite a bit, how we can expand our use of that before. So I guess some key takeaways that I've heard listening into this conversation are that things are changing dramatically, especially within the workforce, the workplace, as well as in the operation side of a business. But I think the biggest point to take away, and I'm going to refer back to Prashant and what he said before, is to be proactive about your network and how it works with your company as well as the people that make it up. So building that network to successfully navigate the future disruptions that we may see come in our lifetime. But that sadly wraps up all of our time that we have today with our speakers. So thank you so much, Prashant and Chris, for joining in and sharing your knowledge about the trends that we are seeing that will emerge in 2021 and beyond. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you've made it all the way here, 
definitely subscribe to us on any of your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. And if you want to learn more about all of these different trends emerging in 2021 and beyond, please visit cisco.com slash go slash networking trends. And until we get back into the network, ciao, and we'll see you later. 